Good morning, everyone. This is Johnny Tan, author of From My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for Living. Happy Wednesday and welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio Show. Here's a quick announcement. Our June Heart-Centered and Passion-Driven Inspirations for Better Living digital magazine designed to help moms build a better future for themselves, their families, and loved ones is currently available at inspirationsforbetterliving.com. This month's theme is Happy Graduation, Smiling Our Way Through Summer, and a special Father's Day tribute. The magazine offers inspirational stories from our dedicated team of experts to help you navigate your current situation with confidence in your motherhood journey as the COO, if not the CEO of your family. So please go to inspirationsforbetterliving.com and treat yourself to some engaging, entertaining, and enlightening stories. You deserve it. As for our radio show today, my guest for this morning is Dr. Susan Shumsky. Susan is a highly respected spiritual teacher and founder of Divine Revelation. It is a unique, field-proven technology for contacting the divine presence, hearing and testing the inner voice, and receiving divine guidance. She has practiced self-development disciplines for over 40 years. For 22 years, she lived in the Himalayas, the Swiss Alps, and other secluded areas under the guidance and as the personal staff of enlightened master Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, the founder of Transcendental Meditation and guru of the Beatles and Deepak Chopra. Susan then studied new thoughts and metaphysics for another 20 years and became a doctor of divinity. She has dedicated her life to helping people to command of to take command of their lives in highly effective, powerful, positive ways. Susan is the author of 20 books, has won 43 prestigious awards, and has 36 books in foreign editions. A pioneer in the field of human potential, Susan spent decades teaching thousands of people meditation, prayer, affirmation, and intuition. She is a sought highly sought-after media guest and a highly acclaimed professional speaker. She has done 700-plus speaking engagements, made over 1,300 media appearances, and was featured in five movies. Susan is also the featured expert contributor for the Notes from the Fridge section of our June Inspirations for Better Living magazine. Please go to inspirationsforbetterliving.com to read her amazing, insightful, and empowering story. Susan and I will be having a conversation about her remarkable life's journey and how we can use powerful, simple, everyday practices from her latest book, Prosperity Meditations, to instantly attract abundance, success, wealth, and creativity. Good morning, Susan. Happy Wednesday, and welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Johnny. So happy to be speaking with you today. Fantastic. It is wonderful to have you with me this morning. Prosperity Meditations is beautifully written, extremely detailed and empowering. Congratulations on its release. Well, thank you. I'm glad you enjoy it. It is beautifully written, no doubt about it. <laughs> Let us start by getting to know you a little better. Please give us a quick walkthrough of your life from childhood to the present moment. And by the way, we have the whole hour. <laughs> <laughs> I think, 
It would probably take several hours, really, of childhood. Well, I was born in kind of a conservative Jewish family and uh, really was not focused on spirituality or self-help or anything like that until the 60s when I became a hippie. And I was living in the San Francisco Bay Area and attending art college there. And uh, people don't realize that those of us who were flower children, it wasn't just all about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. It was about <laughs> a lot more than that. Uh, it was about spiritual development. In fact, our gurus at that time were Timothy Leary and Richard Alpert, who later became Ram Das, and they mm-hmm. wrote a book called The Psychedelic Experience. And they told us that we could realize God and attain nirvana Uh, nirvana being that state of moksha, the state of freedom, Mm -hmm. of uh, enlightenment, that we could attain that through LSD. So Mm -hmm. we tried that. Uh, Didn't work out very well for me. I ended up, (laughs) my first LSD trip, having a horrendous uh, psychotic episode, uh, became mentally... I don't know how to even describe what it was like. It was living hell. Mm, wow. And, um, and, but happily, luckily, I found meditation. The thing is that I was really trying to seek nirvana. So even after the horrendous experience I had, I was still trying to reach that higher consciousness state. So I was reading books like Autobiography of a Yogi by Paramahansa Yogananda. I was reading The Way of Zen by Alan Watts and other books by Alan Watts. I was reading Buddhist scriptures, studying that. And in in Alan Watts' books, he said that you have to find, quote, unquote, a meditation guide. Well, at that time, you didn't exactly go to the yellow pages and look up meditation guide or find anything <laughs> remotely similar to that. So I asked a friend, how do I find this meditation guide? And he said, well, have you ever tried to meditate on your own? And I said, okay, I'll give it a shot. So I sort of lay down on my bed. That's how clueless I was, Johnny. I didn't even know that you're supposed to sit up when you meditate. I lay on my bed and sort of prayed for or asked for a meditation. And immediately I was propelled into an ecstatic state. I could feel a cord or rush of energy rushing from the tips of my toes all the way to the top of my head. And I felt like I was plugged into this cosmic electric socket, but in a most ecstatic way. And I thought, okay, well, I guess this is meditation. I didn't know any better. But the fact was that I had had my first meditation experience and also kundalini awakening all at the Mm -hmm. same time without taking any drugs or anything. So that's how I, you know, that was really my (laughs) infancy of spiritual journey, shall we say. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very, very interesting. So what made you, you know, become fascinated with, spirituality, I guess, in a way, uh, growing up, I mean, besides the fact that perhaps like everybody, like you say, uh, in town, besides uh, in the concept of partying and the LSD and those kind of things, oh, we're looking for a high consciousness and so forth. But what actually led you to that, though? 
I I don't know. Maybe it was maybe it was because my grandma was uh, very critical, and <laughs> maybe I was seeking a way out of that uh, kind of pain. You know, yeah. the kind of yeah. pain that I was experiencing because she was such a critical person. She lived with us, and it was very difficult to uh, be. I don't know, accused of things, just a strange, strange situation with her. Uh, she was very a difficult person. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I was. I don't think it <laughs> was my grandma. I think it was just because <laughs> I was naturally seeking God. I think that was right, something right, from right, a very right. early age that I tried to ask God questions and I didn't receive any answer. I would try to talk to God and God didn't seem to talk back to me and I couldn't understand why, you know, what what was wrong with me that God didn't want to talk to me. And so I sort of always wanted to hear the divine voice ever since I was young. You know, you put it in a very beautiful way because you're right, because as children, we grow up and we have this person, God, right, being told Mm -hmm. to us. But yet, how do you meet him? Who is he right. or she or whatever? Uh, because right. as kids, you know, we want someone to touch, feel, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> a, right. a person, you know, that physicalness and so forth. It's very difficult to understand the concept of, well, it's there. <laughs> Don't you feel it? <laughs> like, okay, really? Uh, I, I completely understand. And the reason why I said this, because I grew up in Malaysia. And as you mm-hmm. know, we are, uh, again, to each is his own, but my parents are very spiritual, and uh, but very, very wonderful, very rounded people and so forth. But then it is, you know, oh, this deity, that deity and so forth. Okay. Um, I'm trying to visualize those things, right? And you can't because it's like you just have to sort of tap into it and a sense of belief. Yeah, well, actually, the direct experience is what really seals the mm-hmm. deal. <laughs> I mean, right, the right, right. Experience right. of God yeah. is the way, really, to know that God is real. Fantastic. So, what life's epiphany led you to go halfway around the world to seek out the whys and the hows about your very being? All right. So after I went through my experiences of LSD and so forth and the whole flower child thing. You know, the next step was really a friend told me about transcendental meditation. So Mm -hmm. they took me to the TM center, the transcendental meditation center there in Berkeley, California. And I was so enthralled. Actually what happened was I went into the TM center and I saw the, picture of the guru on the wall I saw the Mm -hmm. picture of Maharishi Mahesh Yogi on the wall and I was immediately entranced by his photo and I knew that this was where I could learn real meditation that's what I was seeking was real meditation it wasn't just something through drugs I wanted to be able to meditate and to reach nirvana that was the goal you know reach spiritual enlightenment so you know, I saw this photo and I thought, okay, well, this is where I'm going to learn meditation. So I did. I learned meditation there. I had to wait for nine months before I could even class. There was nobody to teach, 
there was a center <laughs> wow. there, but no teacher. But yeah. eventually I did learn, and I learned in August of 1967. I learned TM. And then uh, I, was, I had such amazing experiences right away that I felt, oh, well, I must become a transcendental meditation teacher. I must become an initiator, what they called an initiator. Mm-hmm. So I applied. I started applying, you know, go to their course, which was in India with Maharishi at the ashram, his in Rishikesh, India. And I applied for the course and they said, oh, you're too young. You can't go. You have to be <laughs> 24 years old. You have to be a graduate of college. So I started applying, I was about 19 years old at the time, and mm-hmm. uh, no, you can't go, waited for the next course, no, you can't go, <laughs> three courses went <laughs> by, uh, including the course that the Beatles attended, that was one of the courses that I applied for, I didn't know the Beatles were going to attend, but I applied, <laughs> no, you can't go. So finally, uh, in 1970, I went to India, to the course, mm-hmm. because they allowed younger students to go to it and there I am you know I'm like 21 years old and flying to India so it was an adventure but it was really more than an adventure it was an amazing experience to be in the ashram with Maharishi to be in India everything about India the sights the sounds the smells the the racket you know it's just an amazing place and then you go up to this incredible ashram and in the hip foot, foothills of the Himalayas and you're meditating with this great spiritual master and you're having all these wonderful experiences of unbounded awareness and higher consciousness. So it was quite a trip, you know. I was on, a, on quite a trip. Very, very interesting. Were there at any time that you felt like this is maybe not the right thing for you to do? Or is that more like curiosity just sort of continue to draw you deeper and deeper into your journey? Well, I actually ended up be, being living in Maharishi's various ashrams for mm-hmm. uh, two decades, actually. And I was on his personal staff for six years. So obviously I was drawn more and more and more into yeah. that. And yeah. having the experiences, amazing spiritual experiences that I really enjoyed and living in the community with other meditators. It was uh, quite a, like a trip. It was a trip. <laughs> <laughs> very, very interesting. And having said that you came from a fairly conservative Jewish background and so forth. So looking back now, were there anyone, even perhaps your conservative and uh, very, say, perhaps structured grandmother, was she spiritual in her own many ways, so to speak? Well, I, I wonder whether she was. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. But I do mm-hmm. know that my mother was extremely intuitive. She was like a psychic oh, almost. She, yeah, she, could, yeah. she could sort of just, she had great insight into things. And mm-hmm. she, and then my father was quite an amazing person. He was a man who was a surgeon, but he never sent out a bill to anyone his entire career. Mm-hmm. And he did a lot of charity work and took care of a lot of people who never, never paid. And mm-hmm. he was a very generous, uh, amazing man who was highly revered in the community and uh, an interesting story about him 
uh, somebody came to his office, a man came to his office complaining that he was throwing up uh, mm-hmm. every morning. And he's having he's nauseous and throwing up. And uh, my father examined him and, mm-hmm. and he said to him, uh, go home, your wife is pregnant. Hmm. Very, very interesting. His, his wife was pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now it's a very interesting thing because like we talk about, I mean, I guess from a spirituality standpoint, we all connected in so many different ways and so forth, right? And so we have that sort of a divine DNA within us. So that's the beauty of it is that it's already instilled in you. So it's just to find within yourself in your own journey. And I'm so glad you brought up about your dad since that Father's Day is coming up this weekend. So that's wonderful. Oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's really wonderful. Can you share with us your first experience of connecting with your divine higher self? Well, I mean, my first meditation experience I described to you, yeah, right? mm-hmm. which uh, I just sort of asked for it and then it, it came regarding my first experience of connecting with mm-hmm. the higher self per se and mm-hmm. receiving messages from spirit yeah. with a capital yeah. S that came as a result of after I, well, let's say, okay, I was still living in the ashram and mm-hmm. it was in Fairfield, Iowa, which is one of the facilities, one of the places where transcendental meditation has a, Stronghold. In fact, it's probably mm-hmm. more people per square inch meditating in that place than anywhere else because mm-hmm. Maharishi University is there it's in mm-hmm. Fairfield, Iowa. So I was there living there and a teacher came along who wanted to teach me something, a different form of meditation. And I kind of uh, just shoved shuttled him off. I, I didn't want to <laughs> even talk to him. You know, I know everything mm-hmm. about meditation. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm the expert. I, you know, what can you teach me about meditation? <laughs> well, somehow I, I, there was a time when I needed help and I ended up calling him for some unknown, bizarre reason. <laughs> and he helped me <laughs> tremendously. And so I, I actually learned this other form of meditation from him. And in this Mm -hmm. form of meditation, which I call divine revelation, I was Mm -hmm. actually able to listen to that still small voice within that voice of God that I had wanted to hear since I was a Mm -hmm. child. I was able to hear it and receive the messages from spirit and learn how to receive those messages. So actually I was taught how to do that. It wasn't like, you know, just sudden bolt out of the blue thing. Right. It was, right. I, I learned how to do it. And in fact, I found out that intuition is a le- learnable, teachable skill that anybody <laughs> can learn it. That's wonderful. Really, really wonderful. So when and how did the transition from transcendental meditation to new thought ministry occur? Well, it was uh, really at that time when I learned from this gentleman mm-hmm. And then I was so excited about that, then I wanted to teach that. <laughs> so <laughs> I started traveling around the country teaching that, and I ended up actually living in an Airstream travel trailer so I could travel around. In fact, since 
1989, I've lived in a van, a trailer, or an RV uh, with no home base, and I've done that since 1989. And so I was traveling around the country and teaching this other method called divine revelation, and then I realized, Mm -hmm. well, if anyone's going to listen to me, I better write a book. (laughs) So I did. My first book got published by Simon and Schuster by incredibly mm-hmm. miraculous means. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. That's really, really wonderful. Looks like that sort of drive. It, it's fascinating because the reason why I ask you all these questions because in just getting to know you and I've seen your pictures and whatnot. There's a sense of peace and harmony that I don't see in a lot of people. Oh, that's the best way for me to put it. No, yeah, it's a, it's a sort of like that quiet confidence. You know what I'm talking about? It's just like, okay, but so what kind of thing. I don't mean it in the nonchalant way, but I I think you know what I'm talking about. I understand completely. It's like, you know, okay, here's another challenge. All right, I'll deal with this now. Yeah. 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 My computer broke down. Okay. Well, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll buy another one. Yeah, it, it, Whatever, it, but, you know. <laughs> but that's empowering, though. But that's empowering. It is, yeah. Yeah, because what happened was even when, you know, when I was working and so forth, I mean, years ago in terms of, you know, like uh, in the corporate situation, people say, how come you're so calm? And I could not really, I mean, I was trying to explain to them. I said, well, first and foremost, you know, like the, if you're a leader, you really don't want to show that you're panicking, right? <laughs> Well, that's true also, yeah. <laughs> but on the outside, you come collective and whatnot, but it, it sort of like it was a, uh, something that natural for me. And so, uh, and that's why I kind of like being able to pick up when I see individuals and able to pick those vibes, I guess, for like a Right, right. <laughs> By the way, you're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio, our podcast available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, TuneIn Radio, MixCloud, Podchaser, Listen Notes, and Hop Hopper. I'm Johnny Tan, your host. Here's a quick reminder to treat yourself to our heart-centered and passion-driven Inspirations for Better Living digital magazine at inspirationsforbetterliving.com. This month's theme is Happy Graduation and Smiling Our Way Through Summer with a special Father's Day tribute. My guest for this morning is Dr. Susan Shimsky. Susan is a highly respected spiritual teacher and founder of Divine Revelation. It is a unique, field-proven technology for for contacting the divine presence, hearing and testing the inner voice, and receiving divine guidance. She has practiced self-development disciplines for over 40 years. For 22 years, she lived in Himalayas, the Swiss Alps, and other secluded areas under the guidance and as the personal staff of enlightened Master Maharishi Maharishi Yogi, founder of the Transcendental Meditation and Guru of the Beatles and Deepak Chopra. Susan then studied new thoughts and metaphysics for another 20 years and became a doctor divinity. She has dedicated her life to helping people take command of their lives in highly effective, powerful, positive ways. Susan has authored 20 books and won 43 prestigious awards and has 36 books in foreign edition. Susan is also the featured expert 
contributor for notes from the fridge section in our June Inspirations for Better Living magazine. So please go to inspirationsforbetterliving.com to read her amazing, insightful story. We are having a conversation about a remarkable life's journey and how we can use powerful, simple, everyday practices from her latest book, Prosperity Meditation to Instantly Attract Abundance, Success, Wealth, and Creativity. Susan, why did you decide to write Prosperity Meditations? You know, because I have a relationship with my publisher, which is one of my publishers, which is Red Wheel Wiser, they often assign books for me to write. And this book, particular book, they thought this would be a great topic, prosperity. So they wanted me to write a book about it, and we decided on the title, Prosperity Meditations, and I wrote the book. And it didn't really take me very long to write because it is a lot of it, it just comes directly from spirit with a capital S. So it was an enjoyable book to write, a fun book to write, and I think it's one of my best books, actually. I think it came out really, really well. It has such wonderful practical methods in it, filled with meditations, with affirmations, with uh, mantras, creeds, and also filled with methods that people can use to really everyday practices to create an abundant life. Mm-hmm. Well, and I have to tell life you... life doesn't just mean money. It means a lot of things. <laughs> right. It's a, a compilation. It's the whole package, so to speak. And what I like about the book is that, I mean, no doubt it's a... To, it's, it's, I don't want to sound like it's just... A, very simple, but it is a do-it-yourself book. Yes, it is. <laughs> very much and I'm, so. Yeah, because when I picked it up and as I go through it, it's like, wow, this is amazing. And I'm glad you mentioned about you were divinely guided by the words that was in the book, uh, I mean, published in the book. And as it walks through, it's extremely empowering because I believe in words have power from the yes. quotes that you use, and even within the context of each of the meditations that you have, it's very powerful. Um, I'm glad that you recognize that, how powerful it is. Uh, words have tremendous power. Uh, Buddha once said, in fact, he said this in the very first verse of the first chapter of the Dhammapada, it's written, all that we are is the result of what we have thought. And then he goes on in the next verse to say, if a person speaks or acts with a pure thought, then happiness follows him or her. If a person speaks or acts with an impure thought, then unhappiness follows him or her. So what he's saying in, in those verses is that we are creating our own destiny, our own reality, our own future, our mm-hmm. own fate, uh, through ourselves or creating it ourselves through every thought, through every word, and through every deed. So words are something that we can easily control. Thoughts are difficult to control, really. The, The random thoughts that are going through our minds, even though it's true 
that all that we are is the result of what we have thought, it's very difficult to control those thoughts. I think everybody experiences that. And negative thoughts will creep into our minds even though we don't want absolute control over what comes out of our mouth, over what we say, and over what we do. So we can definitely control at least that much of what we're, we're trying to create in our lives. So, you know, if we go around saying, oh, I'm so unhappy, I'm so poor, oh, I'm so fat, I'm so unloved, oh, whatever. If we go around saying that, well, that's just a bummer. That's <laughs> terrible. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. if we go around saying, I am loved, I am light, I am filled with joy, I am wise, I am intelligent, I am fulfilled, I am wealthy, I am healthy. If we go around saying that, well, just there's a big difference in the vibration of those words. Uh, Jesus once said, we are not defiled by what we put into our mouths. We are defiled by what comes out of our mouths. So I think that those are very wise words. The, The reality is that What we say manifests. If we continue to say it over and over and over, it definitely comes to pass. Be very, very careful. Anytime you say the words, I am, anytime you say those words, you are in Mm -hmm. fact invoking the mighty I am presence, which is the divine presence within you. It's your higher self. So when you invoke that I am presence by saying the words, I am, it's very important that whatever you say after you say those words is something that you want to own because it has creative power. Those words have creative power. So say things like, I am happy. I am healthy. I am loved. I am wealthy. And just, you know, the vibration of those words is completely different than those complaining kind of phrases that I don't even want to say again. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's very true. The amazing thing about it is that I think in the book, it's first and foremost, uh, even the size of the book is really interesting. (laughs) It is. It is. It's a candy little book. It's such a cute book. I love it. it. It's just wonderful. And you do have ways of, you know, you, you suggest to people, and perhaps can you give us a quick walkthrough synopsis of the best way to use your book, since it's a do-it-yourself? I mean, really the best way to use the book is to go through the book and step-by-step. Step. However, there is an appendix in the, at the end of the book. There is an appendix where you can choose a, a meditation or a process so you don't have to necessarily go through the entire book. And in that appendix, there's the title, the chapter titles, and the titles of every process that's in the book. So, for example, um, Prosperous Awareness is one. Is, that's chapter two. Prosperous Empowerment, chapter three. Prosperous Happiness. Then comes prosperous pathway and purpose. Then comes prosperous manifestation. Then prosperous career. Then prosperous mm-hmm. home and automobile. Then prosperous lifestyle. Then prosperous bank account. Then prosperous physical health. 
prosperous. Mental health, prosperous. Spiritual health, prosperous. Self-love, prosperous. Life partner, prosperous. Relationships, prosperous. World, and prosperous. Peace on earth. So that's the basic outline of, of what's in the book. And then there are processes in every one of those chapters, meditation, guided meditation is one of the main features of the book, guided meditation. Guided meditation is the easiest way for anyone to meditate. If you feel you can't meditate, you're wrong because, mm-hmm. because guided med- with guided meditation, you can definitely meditate. Uh, all you have to do is just follow the instructions. That's what guided meditation is. It guides you step by step, moment by moment through the process. And what I suggest is that you actually, when, you, when you're ready to do a meditation, a guided meditation from the book, I suggest that you record the meditation uh, onto a device, such as your computer, and then you sit comfortably in a chair and in a comfortable chair, really get really cushy, comfortable position. And then you turn, uh, you turn on the replay of the meditation, close your eyes and just listen and follow the instructions. And you'll be guided into the meditative experience by listening to your own voice guiding you into meditation. So, that is one of the things that's in the book. Also, affirmation, very important affirmation, is a powerful way to transform your mind immediately uh, to have immediate shift in your awareness and your consciousness when you speak these powerful affirmations. Also, in the book, there are mantras. Sanskrit mantras from India, mm-hmm. and you can use those as well and speak those. And in fact, it refers you to places on the internet where you can listen to the mantras so that you can learn how to pronounce them properly. So there's mantras in the book. And then there's also processes, little exercises that you can do. Um, when I say exercises, I'm not talking physical exercises. I'm talking just little things you can do, like writing certain certain things and and maybe making what we call a vision scrapbook and just, just different different ideas of how you can create more abundance in your life. Every day, create an abundant life. Mm-hmm. Very, very interesting. It's one of those things where I coin as listen and talk your way to success basically, and you put it in a very nicely worded way in terms of the various mantras, the various affirmation, and the meditation in itself. Uh, For lack of a better term, in today's modern world, reprogramming ourselves. Right, exactly. Reprogramming our subconscious mind, because Mm -hmm. our subconscious mind is what is creating our reality. Just like Jesus said, it is done unto you as you believe. He's talking about your subconscious beliefs, not your conscious beliefs. Right. And Lord Buddha saying, all that you are is a result of what you have thought. We, we have to change our minds. If, if we're going to change anything in our life, it all starts with changing your mind, changing your attitude, changing your intentions, because whatever you 
focus on, whatever you think about, grows stronger in your life. So in order for you to change your mind, to change your life, you have to change your thoughts. So true. Why are so many spiritual people struggling financially? And when I say spiritual people here, this is very, very interesting because you can have, say, the straight lace, whether you're Christian, you're Jewish, or you're a Muslim or a Buddhist, or I guess spiritual in the way, right? And then you do have the light workers and so forth uh, that call themselves light workers and so struggle financially. Well, they struggle financially because they believe that it is unspiritual to have wealth. Mm -hmm. That is the problem. That's the crux of the problem because we've been brainwashed to believe in this lifetime and in many past lifetimes, we've been brainwashed to believe that money is evil, that money is bad, that we should push money away because spiritual people can't be wealthy and wealthy people can't be spiritual. Basically, we have been brainwashed to believe that it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a wealthy person to attain the kingdom of heaven. So there it is. That's the problem. We have this belief that, and because our first priority is spirituality, Mm -hmm. we have the belief that we must renounce the world. We must become a monk or a nun or, you know, whatever it is, we have to be in poverty, we have to renounce in order to attain spiritual enlightenment. That is the problem. Very, very interesting. Your book talks about unlimited thinking to kick off ourselves. What is unlimited thinking? Well, unlimited thinking is simply unbounded awareness, and it is also an unlimited attitude about what we can create in our lives. Because the reality is that this universe is unlimited and the creator of this universe is unlimited, omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient, unbounded, eternal, absolute, without any limits, without any boundaries. That is the ultimate reality. And there is no lack in this universe. There is no boxes that we're living in and unless we create those boxes ourselves through our mental attitude and through the mental law that we have created which is running our lives so if we change our mental law to that of unbounded thinking unbounded awareness unlimited thinking then we can manifest anything because creativity is unlimited there is no there's no stopping creativity mm-hmm. uh, we are unlimited beings the one thing that does come up is that how come i'm studying in this side of the railroad track versus you are on that side of the railroad track so Obviously, do I, is there a reason for me to be on this side of the railroad track versus on the other side of the railroad track? Uh, Yes, there's always a reason for everything. And in fact, if you recall, uh, all that we are is the result of what we have thought. And uh, everything makes a lot of sense when 
I believe everything makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense when you believe in reincarnation. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. reincarnation is one of the reasons why we are in whatever circumstance we are in, because this is not the first time, you know, we didn't just pop out of the womb as a clean slate. Mm-hmm. We popped out of the room with, out of the womb with all of our beliefs, habits, and conditioning that we have acquired through many, many lifetimes. So we come out of the womb with an entire agenda (laughs) (laughs) from past lives. And that agenda is what's creating our current reality. Now, why did we, why is it that we are on this side of the track or the other side of the track? Well, there could be any number of reasons why, Uh, One of the reasons maybe is that we wanted to learn something by being on one of those sides of the track. Another Mm -hmm. reason could be we want to punish ourselves or reward ourselves, And so we end up on one side or the other side of the track. Another reason may be we have contracts with certain people. So we end up in those, in that womb Mm because we have a contract with that other soul. There's so many reasons why we, it's, you know, just an infinite really number of reasons why we end up in the circumstances that we end up. But one thing I can say for certain is mm-hmm. that we end up exactly, first of all, where we're supposed to be. Second of all, we end up where we have chosen to be between the last lifetime and this lifetime. We make a decision regarding what this circumstance is going to be for this next life. And that decision is not made uh, when, when, when we are in this lifetime. We don't remember making right. that decision. We don't remember necessarily our past lives. Some people do, but most of us do not remember our past lives, and we don't remember why we, why we are in this situation we're in. Uh, often the reason we are in a certain situation is because we believe in reward and punishment. Because we believe Mm -hmm. that maybe we did something, quote unquote, bad or wrong in the past, and now we must be punished for that. Very interesting. The chapter that you have, which I thought that is very powerful, is unlimited good. How does that relate to prosperity consciousness? If we understand, yeah, prosperity consciousness, first of all, The idea of prosperity consciousness is something that I talk about in the book. Mm -hmm. And that is the belief that we deserve to have all of our heart's desires fulfilled, really. That we we believe in unlimited thinking. That we believe that anything can happen and that we can create anything. That's prosperity consciousness. So uh, the idea of unlimited good is that the creator of this universe is unlimited and provides unlimited good. So there is no lack. There's nothing that we can't have or that we can't accomplish, uh, that we are creating our destiny moment by moment, day by day, through every thought, every word, and every deed, and that the possibilities of what we can create are unlimited, and with God, all things are possible. So unlimited good means God is good, God is unlimited. The unlimited substance 
creates is the substance out of which this universe is created. And that substance is without boundaries. It is infinite. And we can tap into that, into that unlimited substance and create unlimited good for ourselves. What I enjoyed about that chapter, I'm so glad you pointed that out, is that when I got to that chapter, the first thing that came to mind is looking through the lens of love. And I know you do have a section called Unlimited Love, but when I look at it from a perspective of God, it's like looking through the lens of God, right? Because right, it's no longer right. about you, because you're doing, when you do unlimited good, it's just about the process of service to others. And that energy sort of rebound back to you. And that's that concept of, for me, the prosperity of consciousness in some ways, uh, at least that's what I've been doing <laughs> over the yeah. years. Uh, and so that kind of triggered my mind where uh, it's interesting if I, and I tell people this, you know, it's like, oh, Johnny Tan, or oh, Susan Chomsky, welcome to Earth. You're one month old or one year old. Here's your folder. This is how you live your life. It's like, really? <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> but now that we have uh, put in the mileage, I guess, for lack of a better term, and when we look back, it's like, oh, my God, there's that sort of a invisible chain that triggers things. And like you were talking about in terms of like, uh, and I explained to people, it's like, you know, it's like playing golf. It's like every shot is a layup. <laughs> <laughs> it's a layup to something else, something new, something new. And what leads you forward is that curiosity. And then, of course, in this case, uh, when challenging time comes up, is to have faith and looking through the lens of love and looking through what can you contribute. That's beautiful. So beautifully expressed. I love what you said. And really, the key to prosperity, the key to abundance is love. Love is the key to abundance because love is the glue that unites, keeps the universe together. And love is the motivator of everything in life. And love is what leads us on. Love is what guides us. Love is uh, also the thing that we seek. Mm -hmm. uh, it's that which keeps us motivated, keeps us going. So, yeah, love, love is unlimited good. Unlimited good is love, yeah. Please tell us a little bit about unlimited health. I thought that was really wonderful that you touched that as well. Well, yes, I mean, the whole idea is it is done unto you as you believe. Uh, our thoughts are creating our, our reality and uh, all that we are is a result of what we have thought. And that's true with health as well. Um, if we have the attitude that this body is sustained by the creator of this universe and that this body is, uh, serves us and that taking care of the body is of utmost importance, then we create unlimited health means we are healthy on all levels, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, not just physical. All areas of health 
include even spiritual health, even mental health, because any abnormalities in the body uh, ultimately come from thought, Mm -hmm. just like everything else comes from thought. So if we... Uh, if we can keep a positive mental attitude, then we will be healthy uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. That's true. Very, very true. The, everyone talks about the mind, body, and spirit. And what I've done, uh, this is something interesting. It just came to me within this year, Susan, is that I started to add the word heart heart, mind, body, and spirit. And the reason is coming back to physical and understanding the way you presented the prosperity meditation in terms of God is the heart center of everything, right? And so right. this is interesting. Like I said, I've never read your book before. <laughs> something that came to me. And by the way, uh, just to give everybody an understanding here, prosperity meditations is the first book that I've got from Susan. I've, I've not got any other book, and so it's not tainted in the way I've lived and how somehow some things just, uh, for lack of a better term, all the arrows are pointing north. And I'm using the word love here as a representation of God because I believe that what the heart creates, the mind formulates, so in mind, body, spirit. Yes, that's very true. Mm-hmm. And that heart could also be described as our subconscious mind, which is mm-hmm. ultimately creating our destiny. Mm-hmm. Our heart, meaning our heartfelt desires, what we believe in the heart, what our heart knows, all of these things are centered in the heart. And, and so ultimately the heart is the, is the fundamental manifester of everything. Wonderful. What do you mean by unlimited planet? Unlimited planet, in that section of my book, Prosperity Meditations, what I'm talking about is how, to, how we can have an unlimited attitude about the planet. So included in, uh, in that part of the book is a planetary prosperity affirmation, heaven on earth chant, abundant life meditation, bountiful world trade, world vibrational lifting, world peace meditation, uh, something called the beam, and then mantra for abundant world harmony. So those are the processes that are included in that uh, unlimited world section because, you know, we're not just talking about ourselves here in this book. It's not just about self-help. It's also about the entire planet creating harmony, love, peace, and prosperity. Our thoughts are not only creating our own life. Our collective thoughts, the thoughts of ourselves and everyone else collectively, is creating the life of the planet. So true. So very, very true. Can you walk us through, lead us in a visualization exercise to attract abundance? Uh, yes, we could do, uh, let's see, we could do, 
this one called Miracle Making Visualization. All right. So if we do, we could do this one. Uh, so just get comfortable in your chair. And I will guide you through this meditation. Just close your eyes and keep them closed throughout the meditation until I tell you to open them. So let's take a big deep breath. Breathe in. And let it all go. Peace, peace, be still. Be still and be at peace. Perfect peace, perfect peace, perfect peace. Be still and be at peace. Relax, relax, release, and be at peace. Take a big deep breath of relaxation. Breathe in. Go. A big deep breath of divine love. Breathe in. And release. Take a big deep breath of miracles. Breathe in. And let it go. Now just relax and breathe normally. All things are created from formless thought stuff, which in its primal state permeates and fills the entire cosmos by repeatedly projecting an imagined thought into this formless substance. It manifests physically. Now visualize this formless substance as a blank movie screen in your mind's eye. When you frequently imprint a crystal clear picture, photo, or movie image of a goal upon your mental screen, it materializes in physical form. Now begin to form a single, clear, definite mental image of one goal that you wish to attain, one that aligns with your true purpose. Solely on the idea or vision of that goal. Identify it as a precise picture or movie. Allow that idea to fully take shape and consume you. Take a few moments to hold a mental image of it. Then place it upon your movie screen and watch it play out. Now imagine yourself in the image or movie. See yourself fulfilling your goal while at the same time feeling deeply grateful that this desire along with your other desires, is granted. 
maintain a vital, sincere, deep, continuous feeling of gratitude for all the blessings of formless substance. Now begin to feel the emotions of that fulfillment. How does it feel to manifest your goal? What are you seeing, hearing, feeling in your body, in your mind? Envision all these feelings now as you imagine your goal is fulfilled. Now imagine your heart flooded with the golden light of fulfillment and those light rays connect your heart to the goal portrayed on the screen. Your heart is unified, merged, and one with your goal on the screen. You are in accord with your goal and you are at peace. Take a few moments to revel in the joy and celebration of attaining your goal. Whenever you can take a moment, spend time contemplating your vision and give earnest thanksgiving that your goal is achieved. Frequently envision your clear mental image coupled with unwavering faith and profound gratitude. Now it is time to return from this visualization. Please keep your eyes closed until I tell you to open them. With gratitude in in your heart, now blow out four times as if you are blowing out candles like this. Then return to inward and outward balance. Open your eyes and repeat audibly, the following affirmation. I am alert. I am very alert. I am awake. I am very awake. I am inwardly and outwardly balanced. I am in control. I am the only authority in my life. I am divinely protected by the light of my being. Thank you, God, and so it is. Wow, that's powerful. Very powerful. Awesome. Yeah, it's really, really fantastic. Susan, where can someone go to buy your books, get more information about you, your services and workshop, and keep up with your latest happenings? Uh, my website is drsusan.org. That's drsusan.org. And another website, divinetravels.com. That's D-I-V-I-N-E-T-R-A-V-E-L-S. Dot com that's plural on the travels uh, that's where you can find out about me you can you can get my books anywhere books are sold and this book is called prosperity meditations folks you got to get it it's really good <laughs> it's actually beyond good let me put it this way <laughs> what is next for <laughs> you. you oh 
Well, um, my next book will be coming out in October. It's called The Inner Light, How India Influenced the Beatles. That sounds cool. That's really cool. It is good. It is cool, yeah. It's a cool book. Very cool book. As we close this hour, since our show is about people, family, and living life, would you like to share a recipe for living with our listeners this morning? My recipe for living is to make the most of every day. And making the most of every day means to realize who you really are, if you haven't yet figured it out yet, to actually do spiritual practices that help you to realize who you really are and to live your best life, live your most fulfilled life, meaning following your true divine purpose, your true divine destiny, your true divine fate, uh, whatever you want to call it, that which you came on earth to do, your heartfelt desires, fulfilling your heartfelt desires. That's really all your mission is, is to fulfill those heartfelt desires. Fantastic. Susan, thank you for the wonderful and beautiful recipe for living and for spending this hour with me. I'm from My Mom's Kitchen Talk Radio. To all our listeners, please join me in three weeks, Wednesday morning, July 6th at 10 a.m. Central Time, U.S. My guest will be Peggy Lenham. Peggy is the owner of Better Working Together, a business consulting and executive coaching practice. She has a master's in organizational psychology and is a certified and is certified in a number of popular and effective assessments, as well as being a certified human resource professional. Peggy and I will be having a conversation about her remarkable life's journey and her latest book, Navigating Uncertainty, 2Z Guide for Wellbeing. For additional information about this show and future shows, please go to FromMyMama'sKitchenTalkRadio.com. Thank you for listening and have a blessed week. Susan, it's been a true pleasure. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, knowledge, and insights. Have a very blessed, wonderful day. And thank you so much for inviting me. I've really enjoyed speaking with you, Johnny. Great to meet you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye for now. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.